Well, looks like we're going to have a new president. No amount of lawsuits and fighting is going to change that outcome enough to make any real difference in what the end result is going to be. So let's talk about how we got here and, and what we have to do as a country. Now, I know the the end thing to do at this point in time, especially if you're a, a conservative voice, is to bash the voting process, bash everything that's happening, say it's fraud, say there's so many weird things going on. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I, I really, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole of this is all conspiracy theory and all that, I, but I'm going to give my opinion on on what I think led to this election outcome and things that, that we should do different next time around. But I, like I said, I'm really not going to go down that road. I'm definitely not going to go down the road too much of, you know, Joe Biden is so terrible for the country. He's going to run it into the ground. We're, again, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but I don't, I don't, don't really want this to be that. I mean, obviously his power is going to be limited by the fact the Republican Party is looking very likely like it's still going to hold the Senate. Don't see any reason why it's not going to remain that way. So let's not overreact to what this is going to mean. And this also, I mean, it's not over. President Trump is going to be fighting part of this out in court. I don't think it's going to be decided in the court. I think the vote at the end of this is, is going to stand and Joe Biden is going to be president. You can show all the possible acts of fraud and corruption during the vote count that you want, but unless you can prove that corruption occurred among tens of thousands of votes, nothing's going to change. Maybe I'm wrong, but unless you can prove, you know, thousands of votes were counted that were illegal or not the voters' true intent, what are we going to do? Have a new election and everything get monitored directly by the government? Well, we know that's not going to happen. So where do we go as a country from here? Number one, I, I really believe that there has to be a push for change in the voting election, vote counting process. How is anyone ever going to trust the outcome of an election with what we're seeing right now? With states like Georgia that they're using paper ballots for the first time in 20 years, there's other states that have made major changes to their voting process. And I realize in the the year of COVID that Changes, you know, they they thought some states thought changes had to be made, but this every you know it's kind of like a perfect storm of ways that you can create these conspiracy theories and ways that you can say the voting isn't done properly and ways that you can really see that that's what's happening because of everything that's gone on this year and because of of the number of changes that were made and and you know ballots coming into counting centers in the backs of you know vans and being hauled in in wagons with no one monitoring where these things were before or what happened to them on the way or how they got to their final destination or where they originated from. I'm not here, like I said, I'm not here to say that Joe Biden stole the election. I'm not saying that anything illegal was done at all. But the way this has been handled leaves questions out there. Perception is reality for a lot of people and there's the perception that things aren't on the up and up. The Republican Party, you know, they've they made a lot of progress winning House seats. So the difference between the vote for 
Republicans in Congress and the votes for the Republican president, you know, they're, they're very different. So, you know, do we believe that the same district that chose a Republican representative voted for a Democrat as president? Or do we see this vote directly as a message to our current Republican president? You know, is, is the discrepancy in Mellon votes, especially in Pennsylvania and Georgia, directly related to the Republican Party saying vote in person and the Democrats saying vote by mail? Would we have seen a more accurate number if mail-in votes were allowed to be processed earlier? I mean, there's, you know, it, it's Republican. I think it's Republican Senate or I, I believe it's in, in Pennsylvania that, you know, they they're the ones that said you can't count the mail-in vote early. So is this part of what we're seeing is, is that was the process that they were given and now we're seeing a result of that in, as far as how the votes were being counted. For now, I, I just don't know. I do think that we're, there were you know, some not so transparent practice happening, but again, without that solid, substantial proof, we really can't go that direction. If they have that proof and they can you know, prove it in a court of law, you know, great, that's, that's what the Republican Party and President Trump's right is. Is, is to try to do that. But back to where I was going with this. We have to push for a change in how elections are held. I realize that the states are the, you know, they have the right to create their own election laws and processes and procedures. But man, after 2020, after this vote, you know, maybe the states all need to get together and unite and decide on a specific way to hold elections and count votes. Again, this is 2020. How have we not figured out how to do this as a unified one way that the majority of people in the country can be confident in? As citizens of this country, to protect our democracy, we have to insist on fair and transparent elections. And and I also realize that right now, you've got basically half the country saying they think it's fair and transparent. Half the country's saying it's not. But I, and from what I've seen, though, you've even got people on the, the Democrat side that don't think it's fair and transparent either. Otherwise, no one would be, you know, yelling about voter suppression. Obviously, both sides think there, there are problems out there. We have to come up with a way to protect our elections. I mean, and there's differences of opinion on this as well, and I understand that, but why would a state not require identification to vote? I mean, there's, there's states that just don't require it or some that just require it when you register, but you don't have to after the very first time you vote. You just have to show up with ID one time. How can there not be a problem in those states? Why would you not want proof that someone is who they say they are? Some groups say that requiring identification is voter suppression still don't understand how that's suppression. I mean, if you go to a bank to take out money, you're required to show that you are who you say you are. Why are we treating voting any different? I mean, it, it affects people's lives. I mean, you should, be having, you should be having to prove you are who you say you are. What we can do is create a system to make it easier to obtain an ID or at least easier to obtain a voter ID. 
we are way too smart of a country. We have way too much technology, way too many giants of technology to not figure out how to kind of create confidence in our voting process. And we shouldn't be blanket mailing ballots to anyone. If they want to vote, let them ask for a ballot. No other way makes sense. It's a right and a duty to vote, but it's not a requirement. We shouldn't be forcing it on anyone. It should also be no question that ballot counting should be done in the open and both sides participating and allowed to monitor the process. I really think there should be cameras on every person processing ballots. And, and I realize, you know, Pennsylvania says that they have this. Um, other states say that they do, but I, I, I don't see the proof that there's actually cameras showing everything that is being done. There should be searches of everyone entering or exiting the ballot counting centers, and we know that that doesn't happen. This isn't, I mean, this, that's not the way that it's been happening. People are coming and going as they please, bringing large bags and containers of who knows what. If you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, a Libertarian, whatever party you support, or if you don't support any party at all, you should still want a fair and open election. Now, do I want President Trump to win? Yes. Am I going to lose any sleep if Joe Biden wins? Absolutely not. I just want a fair and honest election, and I want every official, or not official, but every candidate running in those elections, I want them to want a fair and honest election. And honestly, right now, I don't think either one of them cares if it's a fair and honest election as long as they win. I really think neither one of them cares too much or enough about the will of the American people. I think Joe Biden has tried so many times and lost, and at his age he thinks if he doesn't become president, he's a failure, that he's okay with winning however he wants. And I think Donald Trump's ego is so large that he wants to win it at any cost, any way possible. So having a fair and honest election, I don't think it exists. I just don't think that's what we're having right now. When, when there are reports coming out that, you know, 10 ballots here or 50 ballots there aren't being counted or being thrown out or whatever the case may be, and the, the Democrats say it's not widespread and those votes, you know, they're not going to make any difference at all. So wait, what? Well, that's a problem. They're saying it's not widespread, those votes won't make a difference. But if you're one of those 10 or 50 all over the country or in various places, 10 or 10 or 50 here, 10 or 50 there, they're telling you that your vote really doesn't matter anyway if you're the one that's being thrown out. Again, that goes back to, well, win at any cost. We don't care about the outcome as long as it's for us. You don't have to look any, you know, any further than Philadelphia to say that problems do occur. I mean, you had a judge in May of this year, 2020, that admitted to taking bribes to stuff ballot boxes with Democrat votes. I don't think every state has a bad system in place, but I think a lot do. And I think it's difficult to, difficult to control 
illegal ballots being counted in some places. Now, I know I said that, you know, states need to get together and, and, and figure this out. I think that's the best course of action is a unified voting system. I mean, if if we can, if the Democrats can talk about, you know, a universal background check system, then I think we should also be able to implement a universal voter registration system. I mean, if they can do one, they can do the other. But do I think states will ever get together and come up with a unified system for conducting national elections? No, but they need to. The biggest problem that I see from this election, you know, it it really, really ramped up in 2016, started before that, and has only gotten exponentially worse. That's media and, and tech attempting to influence election. I mean, has anyone heard about Russian, Chinese, or Iranian interference in the last couple of days? Of course not. I mean, it was the big story leading up to the election, and it would be the only thing on TV right now if Trump was running up the electoral vote. I mean, of course it would. Right now, there's nothing. Facebook and Twitter have spent months, months, censoring and blocking accounts that don't fall in line with the media narrative of Trump's the bad guy. Don't vote for Trump. For years, they have let through unchecked, unsubstantiated, untrue claims about President Trump. And no fact checks on the fake claims against him. Yet, they're so quick to pull the plug on anything that goes against Joe Biden. Here's my biggest issue with that. Facebook and Twitter are doing whatever the Democratic Party asks of them. They are censoring based on pressure from a political party. I mean, I I really don't see anything other than this being a loophole to our First Amendment protections. It's not the government directly censoring its citizens, but it is a major political party in the United States with a lot of influence pressuring private companies to censor U.S. citizens, whether the information they are posting is accurate, has been fact-checked, doesn't matter. If it doesn't fit the narrative, they're censoring it based on pressure from officials holding government office and with a particular political party. That is a violation of... Uh, my opinion, that is what the First Amendment should be protecting us from. Facebook and Twitter are dangerous and can easily influence what people are seeing and believing as being true. They have the ability to shape the results of not only who's consuming their media, you know, influencing their thoughts, but shaping the results of an election based on what they censor and what they allow, who they let post on their platform, and who they block. I mean, there's been some really convenient times over the past week to two weeks that they have censored, blocked, deleted things that they wanted to claim weren't true, but the truth was sitting out there, or I guess not claim was not true, just un 
verified. So, yeah, something something has to change with that. And, and news media, and I'm talking about cable news networks, have transformed into the same thing as tech. It's 99% biased analysis, opinion, and not fact-based. The majority of, if you go to CNN.com right now, and or, or most any day, you're going to see a majority of things on their front page are labeled as analysis. That's not news. That's opinion. And that opinion is being used to shape the thought of people ingesting their media instead of fact. I'm not saying it's just CNN. Liberal media, conservative media, they're all, they're all the same way. Unless you watch both CNN and Fox, you'll never get anything other than one side of the story. We should be getting facts instead of watching CNN and only hearing the so-called journalists give their opinions on what they think about President Trump and what they think he's thinking and what his intents are. This is their opinion. Does it Again, this is not fact. Media is so far out of touch with the American people that are consuming that media. The media are the ones fanning the flames of division in this country. They need to be held accountable for what they're doing. We'll get back to some more on, 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 on the media. And I've got, of course, I have a few more opinions about that, but let's, let's move on from the current problems in the current election, which, you know, at the time I'm recording this, Joe Biden has taken the lead in Georgia, and he's got the electoral votes to win. I highly doubt Joe Biden is going to be the best thing for this country, but, I mean, that's, that's where we are. That's what's going to happen. I think at this point, Arizona is going to go back to Trump, but over the next day, Trump's going to lose the lead in Pennsylvania. Maybe I'll be wrong, but it looks eerily similar to what happened in Wisconsin and Michigan, what's happened in Georgia, that all of those mail-in votes are going to come in and, and flip those states over to, to Joe Biden. So once this is finalized, and, and no matter where we end up, this country's still going to face the same problems that we've been facing for years. You can go back through the history of this country, and you're going to see the same problems, the same things. Nothing has changed over the history of the last 50 years. Instead of both sides playing politics, it's time to come up with real solutions. I think the problem with the Democrats is that you, you've got a small... Well, the, the problem with part of the Democratic Party is you've got this small but loud group on the far left that wants to fundamentally change who we are as a country. We are never going to be a perfect country. Never have been. There's always had to be changes made. I mean, our, our Constitution, you know, it, it revolves around the fact that, that we're striving for this one thing and, and we have to figure out how to get there. And that takes change. Not change to the Constitution, but it takes change to the, the laws that we have that should work inside the Constitution. It takes change to people. I mean, we have to, we have to take our... I mean, it's, it's our best guess on how we fulfill the goal of our Constitution. But again, I think it's a, a small group group on the, the far left of the Democratic Party that wants to change the country. We are 
founded on certain principles, and those principles should never change, but that's the ones they're wanting to change. I mean, we have public officials saying rioting and looting are justified. What has to change is the people we are electing to these offices. It should not be easy to get reelected, but for the most part it is. Most politicians are career politicians. Once they're in, they're in. They usually stay, and most Americans will just continue to vote for the same person or the same party every election, no matter what they're doing. I mean, that's why there's so many career politicians. We, the people, we make them career politicians. I mean, we can't complain about career politicians if we're making them career politicians. Don't elect them. They won't be career politicians. We have to take our country back from the corruption that we keep voting into office. We have to ask hard questions to candidates. We have to do our research. We have to know what they believe. We have to know their records. And if, if none of what they have done and none of what they say that they're going to do line up with what we believe, don't vote for them. Kick them out of office. This is our country, not the politicians. Stop creating career politicians. Let's start acting like it's our country. We have given it to career politicians. We have to take responsibility for what happens in our country and stop blaming politicians for everything. Stop blaming everyone else. This is the culture that has been created in the United States. If you have a problem, blame it on somebody else. We have to stop blaming each other and especially the politicians we're electing to office for the problems that we're causing on ourselves. We have to take responsibility of, of being informed voters and not voting based on the narrative created by media. If we aren't going to do those things, then we're going to continue to elect presidents and congresspeople and senators and other public office holders that have histories of supporting terrible policies and have histories of changing their policy views to get votes. That's the biggest problem I see with the, the newest generation of voters in this current election. They vote based on the narrative provided to them by Facebook and Twitter and news outlets, and they don't do the research themselves. Most young voters could probably not tell you a single law that Joe Biden wrote or supported or any of his policies over the last five decades. Not a one. And especially wouldn't be able to name one thing he's done in those five decades that's improved our country. I mean, you can, you can go to these, these, we'll, we'll be nice and call them you know, peaceful protest, but you can go to any of those and, and pretty well ask anyone in the crowd that is there rioting based on what's happening in, in the government. You can you can go to any of those and just just pick a random handful of people out of the crowd and ask them, name one good thing that Joe Biden has done for the country. They won't have an answer. Name one bad thing Donald Trump has done from the country for the country and you're going to get what they've heard on Facebook and Twitter 
And then you're going to ask them, well, what policy did Donald Trump do that created that? They won't be able to answer that either. And, but, you know, as I said before, I'm not going to lose any sleep over these election results. And, and it's because at least we're looking like there's not going to be a single party in charge of every branch of the government. It's our democracy and our government hopefully working the way it was designed. Now, we have to put the right people in office, which we continue not to do. But it, it's at least going to be difficult for some of these radical changes that the far left is wanting to get passed. We also have to look that the midterm elections, they're going to be here quickly after this election, and when, when this election is finally over. And I, I do think, like I said, Donald Trump's going to try to fight this out in court, but I think it's, it's essentially it's over. If we aren't happy in a couple of years with the direction the country is going, it's our opportunity for our voices to be heard again. I think over the next couple of years, the Democrats are, are going to screw up enough in the country that the people that thought the Democrats were going to give them, you know, what they want, they're going to realize they're only getting their votes and making empty promises. Again, we keep doing, as voters, the same things over and over and over. Listening to talk, not seeing what's been done, not looking at the history, and then throwing our votes to people that have a history of not doing what they say they're going to do. In two years, when voters realize this, well, I think the Senate and the House are both going to become strongly controlled by the Republican Party. You know, after the midterm elections, I think that's what's going to happen. Of course, over the next several months, we're going to have Joe Biden claiming that he's found the, the miracle, you know, vaccine for COVID. He's going to claim victory on that. I mean, that that's expected. We know that's going to happen. He's going to, you know, when when this vaccine and the numbers start going down and it's due to the vaccine and months and months and months of research and development, he's going to take credit that he did it when Trump couldn't. I mean, that's just going to be the narrative. He's, Joe Biden says he's going to be an American president and not just a president for the people that voted for him. Fact is, if he tries to push through some of, the, of his policies that he has outlined on his website and things that he's talked about and allows even some of the radical left policies to be pushed through, he's going to alienate a lot of people in this country. But like I said, he's very unlikely to have the Senate, so it's unlikely he's going to be able to push through very many radical ideas especially. I think he will try issuing executive orders, which, you know, obviously has become starting more with, I guess, more with Obama and carrying through with Trump. It's, it's become kind of the, <laughs> the thing for presidents to do. And I think Joe Biden's especially going to attempt to do that around gun control. And I think most of those executive orders are going to be challenged in court and defeated. But he's, he's going to get some measures through. And I believe that there are Republicans that are, as politicians do, are going to shift their stances and allow some laws to be passed that they wouldn't have if a Republican president 
is in office. And again, if, if you have someone in office that votes for laws that you don't agree with, just don't vote for them again. They don't have to be career politicians. And I know I keep griping about this, but stop creating career politicians. It's our fault. But here's the, here's the biggest thing that we have to do as a country. We, we have to come together and realize that, that we all want the same things. And that's what's guaranteed in our Constitution, the unalienable right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it probably gets some pushback on this, but the Black Lives Matter movement has to remember this, that they, yes, they deserve the same thing as every other group in the U.S., but so does every other group in the U.S., They've got to remember that no matter what they are fighting for or what they think they are fighting for, every store that is burned down, every store that is looted, every store that has their windows broken, everyone that they put out of business denies someone of those rights that they say they're fighting for. How can they expect to make any progress? How can they expect anyone to truly listen to them when they're destroying other people's lives? And then you have the politicians saying that, that they understand some of this. You got politicians saying that it's okay for a group that, that feels like something may have happened to one of their ancestors that really isn't happening to them because you got to remember there's a lot of white people in these protests and a lot of white people that are breaking these windows on behalf of the Black Lives Matter movement. And again, nobody can really say any policy that is affected. Yes, there's, there's some terrible things that happen in this country. And like I've said in previous things, and I'm not, not going to get too far into this, but it's not systemic racism. There are bad people. And I'll, I'll take a quote that Democrats like to use against against. President Trump, and I'm going to flip that around a little bit, there's bad people on both sides. But I'm not going to go down the path of what's wrong with the Black Lives Matter movement. I've talked about this before, and that, that's not what this is about. So let's get back. We just can't get, can't get caught up in the mob mentality of groups like Antifa, which some people claim don't exist, but obviously they do. There are always going to be groups small groups, large groups, small voices, big voices in this country that want to tear it down. Joe Biden becoming president isn't going to change those people or who we are as people. We had looting and rioting under eight years of President Obama. This is a cultural problem in our country. We have to change how we see each other. We have to change how we treat each other. We have to change how we talk to each other and about each other. If, if any group of people want to be taken, taken seriously, you can't, let's just say, you can't accuse every white person of being racist. You can't accuse every black person of being a criminal. You can't accuse every brown person of being a rapist or murderer or gang member. And 
people in the media can't say things like everyone that voted for Trump or every vote that Trump received during this election is a result of us pigment-challenged Americans celebrating our own whiteness. That's an insult, an insult to millions of Americans who didn't vote for Trump for any other reason. They think he could do a better job. That, that was in an article I read from CNN today, and I'm not calling anyone out here. I mean, you can find the article, but there was a black journalist, a black journalist on CNN that wrote an article um, that I read as actually yesterday, I read yesterday, that said that the result of the election as far as people that voted for President Trump was just us proclaiming, you know, proclaiming our and celebrating our own whiteness. I mean, he's calling us all, you know, racist. And that's a completely racist viewpoint from that black journalist. Not only that, but, I mean, he mentions this a little bit in the article, but, and it was a quote from someone else, but he, he points out that President Trump had a better than expected black and brown turnout to vote for him. So to sit there and say that, that President Trump got as many votes as he received because of us wanting to celebrate our whiteness, it's just, it's, it's completely wrong. It's completely divisive. This is not a racial issue. And articles like this from CNN's so-called journalists only cause division. Media, Facebook, Twitter, the cable networks, whoever, they've got to realize that we are still a very divided country. And I truly don't believe our division is a racial division, but that's what they're trying to turn it into. The Democrats and the media, they have to stop making everything a race issue or we are never going to get to where we want to be as a nation. We will remain divided if all of these media outlets continue to tell us we are divided. We have to be better. We are letting political parties, news media, and tech companies tear us apart. We're allowing them to cause division. And here's, here's the real truth. Conflict, division, gets viewers. The more viewers you have, the more ads you can sell. We have to start letting them control us. The more conflict they cause, the more we're going to watch, the more money they're going to make. And we just keep falling for it. The same way we just keep falling for electing career politicians. We're doing it to ourselves. Don't know how many times I can say this. It's on us. Like I said at the beginning, we're going to have a new president. We as a country have to start, have, have to keep pushing for what we believe. And we all don't have to believe the same things. That's what makes our country great. Different cultures, different ideas. We just have to stop letting those differences tear us apart. Stop letting the media tell us. Stop letting political parties tell us that, that we have to have a division because we're different. Our differences should be celebrated and bring us together. We should appreciate the differences that we all have. And having Joe Biden as president 
it's not going to destroy our country. No more than having Donald Trump as president destroyed our country. It just hasn't, and it won't. We as a country have been through much worse and much better presidents than Donald Trump is or Joe Biden is going to be. There's going to be ups and downs, and it's, it's going to be up to us to make the best of these next four years. One, one last thing to say is Joe Biden and the Democrats really need to take a close look at what truly happened in this election. Whether, they, whether he wins, which he may already have, may change, probably not. But they need to take a really close look at the results of this election. They need to see that there was, there, there's been a statement made. Yes, they may have won the presidency, but from the looks of what's coming out of the, the, the House vote, they've lost the trust of the majority of Americans. The socialist agenda being pushed by the far left is not acceptable to the majority of Americans. And I think they need to make, take, take a close look at that and see that that statement has been made. The statement was made, or appears to have been made, that the majority of Americans, which, again, you know, Donald Trump lost the um, popular vote in 2016, but and, and he's, he's losing the popular vote again in 2020. But I think it's clear that, for one, the American people have said that the socialist agenda is not going to be accepted. But I think the true statement that has been made is, yes, Joe Biden is being elected, but he's not that popular of a candidate. They they had four years of Trump, and if, if Trump had have, you know, bit his tongue a little bit more, he would have appealed to more voters, and I think he would have been reelected. If he had stopped tweeting so much, I honestly think he would have been reelected. I think the American people are looking for someone with the business smarts, the the ability to turn the economy around and do the things that, that President Trump has done, but with more of the demeanor of Joe Biden. And I think a lot of Americans, that's what they're looking for, is they can accept Joe Biden for the next four years, but not accept the socialist agenda being pushed by the far left of the Democrat Party. And then let's see what happens in four more years. And I, I, I really only see the Democrats having four years. I don't think it's going to be an eight-year run. I think the changes that are happening inside the Republican Party and the vote that has happened in this election show that people are looking for something different. And right now, I think Joe Biden's just a seat filler. Maybe he'll do some great things for the country, but maybe he doesn't. I, I don't know. Obviously, way too, way too soon to tell. But like I said, I do believe that the American people have made a statement, and I hope Joe Biden listens to that statement. 
Because I think the Republican Party clearly has, without a doubt, I think the Republican Party has been listening to the American people there, and, and they know the vast majority of the American people don't like what they're seeing coming out of D.C. But like I said, and like I'll keep saying, it is our fault that we have kept putting these people into power. And I, I truly believe that we the people are seeing that difference and seeing the change that we want to make, but they don't believe Donald Trump is the person that's going to bring this country together, but they also don't believe that Joe Biden is either, and that's why the, the, the vote is so split. So in two years, again, take a look at what's happened, and remember, this presidential term is only four years. See what happens in those four years. But when the time comes to vote again, remember what's happened and, and go make a difference. <laughs>